Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Adio Lions fans, it's your boy Ash Thompson. Here to talk to you today about why we should all be happy after the Detroit Lions' first preseason game. See you after the jump. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Ash Reads His Notes on the Internet. Going to go over some of the good things that happened during game first because it's just nice to start on a pleasant note. So let's talk about one of my favorite subjects, Jack Campbell. Basically, he gave everything you could possibly expect out of a linebacker playing in his first preseason game in the NFL. He was a disruptive force all over the field. He showed he clearly belongs immediately. Um, as much as the team can play him, as many snaps as they can put him out there, they probably should do that. He ended the day sixth in tackles, but first in our hearts, and also first in PFF's player grades for defensive players. Remember the naysayers, folks. Even the PFF guys, after seeing the entire draft, had to admit that the Lions had a very good draft. Speaking of draft picks, let's talk about Brian Branch, another guy who showed immediately that that he belongs in the NFL without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, We have now seen the instincts and functional speed in live action in a Lions uniform. Can we stop talking about combine numbers now, please? Uh, Now that we've actually watched him, you know, play football, which I kind of have a feeling most of the people who really were still caught up by the time we got to the draft in those combine numbers. Probably had not actually watched Brian Branch play a lot of football, if that makes sense. Uh, I know we all have a mild form of something that kind of nudges up against PTSD when it comes to that because of T's Tabor. Um, But Phillips, this ain't that. CJ Gardner Johnson might have trouble keeping this kid off the field. Uh, if if we have two of that guy on this team, and it kind of looks like we might, that just opens up so many things for Aaron Glenn as far as what he can do with the secondary goes. Uh, it is just hard to put into words how completely dangerous that would be. Like if you have if you can play dime and still stop the run, that's a 
problem for offenses, a serious problem. And uh, Levi Onzarike uh, looked good. As good as a guy who's basically missed three seasons of football can. He had road stops. He had pass rush. He had plays where he got beat. These are all things we should be expecting at this point. But the raw talent showed. And that's that's all we can really legitimately be asking this kid for. Anything he gives the team at this point is gravy. Uh, forget where he was drafted. It doesn't matter anymore. The team was forced to move on from him. And, he, and he, right now, if Levi owns Enrique as a player, that's basically like finding 50 bucks in the couch cushions. Does that make sense? Same goes for Julian Okwara. Uh, third round pick entering season four, I think it is, probably should destroy the opposition's third string offensive line, uh, but he did. And you can't take that away from him because not all of them ever do. There's plenty of first round guys who never have three sacks in a single game, preseason or otherwise, uh, particularly in a half of football. Nobody should be trying to take that away from him. That's an accomplishment, no matter who else is on the field. Uh, he's another guy who teaches us the lesson of never give up on talent, because he's always had talent. Every coach he's ever had has said, the only thing stopping Julian Okwara from being extremely dangerous on a football field is Julian Okwara. It can click late. For some guys, it does. Some guys come into the league and they've just been the greatest thing since sliced bread the entire time they've been there and the entire time they've been on a football field. And it's a rough transition for some people to discover that uh, now they're playing against every All-American for the last 10 years. <laughs> if You know what I mean? Like it just Sometimes it takes a little while for these guys to make that jump. And staring career death in the face might be the thing that made Julian Okwara do it. The Lions interior DL looked good, which is kind of surprising given the huge amount of consternation and concern we had. They came out to play preseason game one. There's no denying that. All of them seem to be having up at times at least a night that shows you they might be effective players. Uh, Benito Jones, Levi, Broderick Martin at times was just throwing people around like they were children and at other times getting blown off the ball because he comes out of his stance too high. Uh, Christian Covington even was just very disruptive. It was, it was a pleasant thing to view watching this thing that could be the thing that stops the team from being good come out and look competent and effective. And if they can bring that to week one of the season, that's really all we need from them. I'm going to be actually making a video on why that is the key to the season that's going to come out later this week. You guys are going to be seeing a lot more of this face. So click like and subscribe to make sure you get the pleasure of looking at this face more as time goes by. Jalen Reeves Mabin showed us that he's probably the best fifth linebacker in the NFL. Uh, and as long as that's what he's doing for us, we should all be very happy to have that guy back in the fold. Uh, he is lightning quick. He's always been a fan favorite because he plays like his hair is on fire and that plays well with fans. Uh, but he was kind of a coach's punching bag. 
uh, with the last regime because they, he's a good player. They just didn't do any of the things he's good at. And I think this regime has a little bit more foresight and ability to tailor what they do to the players they have available. JRM's not a stack and shed guy. He never will be. But he should give the team what they hoped they could get last year from Chris Board that, that never really kind of delivered on. Uh, other guys we saw good nights from. Pascal had a good night. Like, just always, he looked good. Uh, Kaminsky looked great. Super high rating uh, from PFF. You gotta love that when the guy who does all of the dirty work did a great job doing the dirty work, showed up on film a bunch of times. When a guy like that gets mentioned by the broadcast crew, you know he's having a good night because his job is to basically do everything that they usually don't see, particularly the guys who do preseason games. Uh, they were very excited to be there. I, I would be too. I completely understand. I'd, I'd lose myself and everything and just be like, Lions win! Just, you know, like, that's what the preseason is about. It's great. Now let's get to the other side of the coin. What the fuck, offense? Like, seriously, you guys did nothing. No TDs in the air, two picks. And frankly, it's hard to even blame Nate Sudfeld because the tackles had such a terrible night that he was under fire pretty much continuously the whole time. Like, no offensive player had four yards per carry, including like at least a quarterback or someone who runs a single jet sweep or something will usually break that number, but no lion did. Uh, the only running back who looked halfway decent was Benny Snell, and that's kind of surprising because he just got here a couple days before the game. Probably shouldn't be the guy who is the most effective in your offense at that point, but that does bode well for him. Hopefully he makes a team. Hopefully he does well on special teams, which is what they brought him in to actually play because... We saw that Mo Ibrahim is not a guy that is going to do much without really high-level blocking in front of him, which, like, he would get with our starting offensive line, but there are plenty of guys who can probably do more with less, sadly. Just sitting on Kelshitz right now. But again, it's really hard to judge anything based on how badly the offensive line played last night. That's the takeaway from this. O-line depth did not do well. Everyone's talking like the Detroit Lions wide receiver core is set in stone right now. And I don't think it is. When someone like Chase Cota comes out of nowhere, and yeah, like we just kind of saw this with Tom Kennedy for the last few years also, but the difference is, uh, I believe Coda is a significantly larger gentleman, uh, which makes him a lot more useful on special teams, if that makes sense. Uh, so that makes it really hard to get rid of him when you're considering him or a veteran player making more than $5 million who doesn't play special teams at all. Kind of looking at Marvin Jones here. Because Marvin Jones, granted, I haven't been to every practice at camp, but the ones where I was there, I had to look up 
who the guy that wasn't doing anything was. And uh, sadly, it was basically the first article I ever wrote about the Lions for a website was about how Marvin Jones was the player they needed to pick up to cover half of Calvin Johnson's job when Calvin Johnson had just retired. And the other one was Anquan Bolden to take the other half that gets beat up a lot. And crazily enough, they signed the both weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, <laughs> Bob Quinn had one really good off season. Really good. Getting back on track. If guys like Coda green and Alexander are the guys who are making plays when the lights are on, it gets much more difficult to justify keeping multiple five plus million dollar receivers that don't play special teams and are not starting for your team. Does that make sense? It's not a not a hard choice when when you're looking at it that way. Um, particularly someone like if Coda can give you a reasonable hand drawn facsimile of a wide receiver and also be a gunner. That's really hard to get rid of. Jason Kabinda. I get it. He is a four special teams guy. Uh, but is he that much better at special teams than some random? Like at all four of them? Really? Because as a fullback, I gotta think the potential upside of Literally anyone else to contribute to the offense has to be higher, possibly much higher. Like maybe teach Snell or Rosick to block, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because like Snell can play Snell plays teams too. Uh, also gives you you know three point eight or whatever on the ground if it comes up. If you can teach that guy to be your blocking back, also a la the nineties hackers for some reason, the only team that's ever done this where they just took one of their halfbacks, told him, Hey, you want to make the team you're blocking? And he went, okay, cool. And then did really well at that. Like, a, like I get the Kubid is a glue guy. I think I'm just feeling the after effects of the previous regime, having maybe sniffed one too many glue guys to put together a reasonable roster. And that's it. That's all I have to say about the first preseason game. Uh, don't read too much into anything because it's a preseason game. Most of the guys who put up stats, most of the guys who gave up stats aren't going to be on NFL rosters this year. That's just the way preseason week one works. Nothing was decided. Some guys checked boxes. Some guys did not check boxes. There are two more games. Four boxes to get checked in or also not checked in. So we just can't read much into this, good or bad, from anybody. Oster, sadly. No, there are 90 guys on the field. 47 of them got to go. <laughs> and a few will be on the practice squad. But then a few guys that weren't even here for this will take other practice squad spots. It uh, just isn't something we really need to be that concerned about. Uh, so this is kind of a bad week to start. The massive increase in content that I'm going to be doing for DLP over the next while. Uh, we're going to see how this goes. I'm going to do, like I said, a lot. I'm not going to throw numbers out right now, but uh, we're 
basically should have something coming out almost every day from now until the end of the season, barring unforeseen circumstance. That's one thing I will throw out there. Things happen. Plants don't always go as planned. Plants don't always go as planned. Super well. Have a good day. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes. <laughs>